Welcome to a Fresh Story podcast. This season, we're digging into all things divorce. We'll be discussing the ins, the outs, the nitty gritty, all that stuff we don't talk about. Well, we're going to talk about it. Join us for everything you've always wanted to know about divorce, but we're afraid to ask. Remember, you're not alone. Let's dive into divorce together. Hello, hello, Olivia here. It's no surprise that divorce changes our entire world. It's what we've been discussing on this entire season of A Fresh Story, and why I'm always so personally open about my own story, to demonstrate how incredibly common divorce is, and yet how it literally changes everything in your life. And the thing about divorce is that it also impacts our mental health long before the divorce even starts. The pre-contemplation and the consideration phase of divorce is gut-wrenching, and our mental health takes a real hit. So how can we manage our mental health before, during, and after our divorce? On this episode of The Divorce Season, we're covering everything you need to know to help you manage your own mental health during the transition to divorce. Divorce really can take a toll on your mental health, so we've asked the experts for ways in which we can process evolve, and nurture ourselves during this time. Some of the questions covered in this episode include, why should you work with a therapist during your divorce? How can that help? What are some ways to ease anxiety during the divorce process? How can you take care of yourself mentally and physically during a divorce? And how can you ease stress during the divorce process? The Fresh Starts experts featured in this episode include Bonnie Scott, therapist and founder of Mindful Kindness Counseling, Janice Holland, therapist and trauma coach, founder of The Courageous Woman, Abby Sangmeister, therapist and burnout coach, founder of Evolving Whole, and Robin Gayard, mind-body connection coach and founder of My Way Om. Remember, you can find more info on divorceguide.co, divorcemonth.com, and get in touch with any of these experts on freshstartsregistry.com slash experts. And don't forget, you're not alone in this process. We are all here for you. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Bonnie Scott. I'm a licensed professional counselor in San Antonio, Texas. Okay, Bonnie, we have a question for you here that we get a lot from people. And I will say personally, when people come to me to say I'm considering a divorce or I'm going through a divorce, this is literally the first thing I always tell them is to go talk to a therapist. So why should somebody work with a therapist during a divorce and how can it really help them in the process? We'd love your thoughts. Yeah, I... Um, I want everybody to see a therapist. Obviously, there's a lot of us and we're all um, excited to be on your team. But I think um, sort of the main reason it might be a good idea to work with a therapist is because that is a person who is unbiased and is ready to really actively listen to what you're saying. And from that, help you determine how you really feel and what you really want and what direction to go next. So a therapist isn't a person who's going to tell you what to do, but they are going to be on the road trip in the car, listening and helping you figure out what direction to take. And so when you're considering or are in the middle of a divorce, there's a lot of feelings, right? It's a confusing time. And, um, you deserve a place where you can talk that out without, um, worrying that it's going to come back on you in any negative way. And that you you feel confident that you're moving forward in the direction you want to go. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's such an important, uh, like you said, a person to have, because when you are going through a divorce, your lawyer is not going to provide any of the emotional stability that you need, right? And, you know, and divorce coaches are great in terms of strategizing and parent plans and all of that. Wonderful. But a therapist is really going to be there for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's really important. So can you talk a little bit about how therapists can help you from the kind of point A in a divorce to all the way post-divorce and beyond? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've worked with clients 
in the questioning phase. And there's some therapists that even specialize in that, right? It's called discernment counseling um, to help couples determine, is this really what you want? Do you want to work on this marriage or is it over? And either way, let's make a plan that supports both of you. So it can go from there to I'm really angry because my attorney is getting involved in this and that, or their attorney is being a real jerk or whatever. Um, Okay, stay here and be angry. And then you don't have to have that in court, right? In front of Mm, a judge. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've had, (laughs) I've helped people craft like text messages to significant others, right? Like, okay, you want to call them 72 bad names. I hear you. I also think some of those names are fitting for them. Yeah. However, you don't want to read that in front of a judge, right? So how can we tone it back so that we get across? I need you to pick up the kids. I cannot take any more excuses. Right. Et cetera. Right. Like somebody to help you manage all of that. And then from there, you know, as the marriage ends and as you're working out co-parenting plans, I I do a lot of that work with people like, Mm. like, okay, you don't have to like each other. But yeah. your kids deserve stable people who are kind to each other. You don't have to like yeah. each other, but at least like be cool. Yeah. Um, and so I do a lot of that work, helping people figure out what that might look like for them. And then as they're coming into new parts of their lives, right? Do they want yep. to date? Do they want to stay away from dating for a long time? Do mm-hmm. they want, um, you know, just to like move in with their girlfriends and eat cheesecake? Fine. Whatever. Yeah. To how to take care of themselves. Yeah. Right. And, um, that I I would love that. I would love to move in with my girlfriends and eat cheesecake for anybody listening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't, Um, but yeah, this is what the golden (laughs) girls have promised us. And I'm ready. Um, Manifesting that. Exactly. But it's, you know, therapy in the long term is really about healing. Yeah. And so if you're with a therapist from the start of a divorce, that person has watched you wrestle with some big stuff and struggle with some big things. And they can take all of that information and connect it to other parts of your life and help you really come to a place where you feel healed and whole. So if you do want to meet somebody else, you're in a good headspace to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I highly, highly recommend you really shouldn't go through a divorce without a therapist. Let's just be honest. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, this is a question we get a lot and it's a logistical question, but if somebody has never used a therapist before and they're like, okay, Olivia says, go find a therapist and going through my divorce. um, What do they say when they call you or email you? Like what literally do they say? So usually um, if I get a phone call or an email from a client, they, uh, they often will say like, I am new to this and I don't know what to ask. Right. Um, And so what I tell people is a lot of this relationship, right? Therapist to client is a little bit of alchemy. Like you have to feel the vibe. It has to feel like a good fit. Um, And, and just be asking that therapist really straightforward, you know, like I, how do you work with clients? And if I have a decision that you don't like, what are you going to say about it? You know, just really sussing out. Um do you take my insurance? Does the schedule fit? Right. There's logistics and there's emotional fit. And, you know, a, a good therapist will be screening also, right? Like if, if somebody contacts me and it just doesn't feel right for me, it's okay for me to say like, I don't know if I'm the therapist for you. Mm -hmm. Let me help you find somebody that is right. Right. There's a few names that I think might be a better fit. Um, so And then usually when somebody comes for their first session, I just say, tell me what brought you in or (laughs) tell me about the important people in your life. That's usually a good kickoff. I like that. Um, And then over the course of a couple of sessions, you'd be getting to know each other and setting some clinical goals, right? Like what do you really want to get from therapy? What does that look like? Um, But, you know, I... I, the metaphor I used earlier about being on a road trip is exactly what I tell people about therapy. Yeah, I love that. You're, you are the driver. I am the passenger. So I don't control the speed. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't grab the wheel and steer. That would be unsafe for both of us. My job is to be like, Hey, you missed a turn. You said you wanted to go that way. Or mm-hmm. I know that we're headed East for 72 hours, but also we might need to take this detour. Right. I'm never going to, yeah. Control the the plans, but I am an active participant in the trip. 
I love that. I love that. So if anybody's listening to this and um, they're like, you know, in that dark place of divorce, what would be some just wise words you could impart to them? Um, I would say now is the time to trust your instincts, right? Your gut knows and you can trust that. And, you know, best case scenario, this ends with everybody feeling good and like this is the right decision. Worst case scenario, somebody's going to say ugly stuff about you or it's going to get acrimonious or it's going to be really tense. But you're going to make it through it and you're going to get what you need at the end. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Hi, I'm Abby Steinmeister. I'm a therapist and burnout coach and owner of Evolving Whole. I work with professionals and parents who want to conquer burnout and live a full, fulfilled life. I'm also the founder of the Ambitious Mamas Collective, and I'm here to support people who are ready or are thinking about having a fresh start. Okay, Abby, we have a question here that we get a lot from people who come to Fresh Starts, and it goes something like this usually. Dear Fresh Starts... I'm going through a divorce and I feel totally overwhelmed. How can I take care of myself mentally and physically during a divorce process? So what do you say, Abby? I think that one of the biggest things is be patient with yourself. Like I know maybe the divorce is a surprise to you and you weren't ready for this. Maybe it's something you've been thinking about for a while and you're in the middle of it. It's okay to slow down, be patient for yourself, find, um, like a path and a pattern of it that feels good for you and don't rush any decisions. If, you know, a attorney or ex-partner reaches out to you, you don't have to respond right away. Find other people that can support you when you're not feeling grounded and when you're feeling half um, and don't rush any of those decisions. Wait till you know what's going to really align with what your future dreams and goals are. Um, I love that. So, in terms of like tangible things they can do, you are a big fan of the glimmer, which I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I was going through my divorce, um, I had a really hard time. I shamed myself a lot because I wanted to be like a mom that was present and enjoying that every single moment with my kids. But I was also deeply depressed and like mm -hmm. going through this incredibly hard time. And I remember my sister saying to me, just look for those little tiny moments, right? Like that's enough now. So can you just talk a little bit about what a glimmer is and how you can maybe look for them during this hard process in your life. Yeah. So glimmers are those small glimpses that, and small moments that you can find throughout the day. And you have to be mindful to look for them, especially when you're in a depressed, challenging time of your life. Um, because a lot of times when we're feeling negative or unsettled, like that, we start seeing more of that. But when you have the mindset, when you start your day of like, let me just find one thing. And it could even be like the glimmer of sun coming into your room or um, you might have to create it. Let's say you always loved watching the sunrise or the sunset, like on your drive home from work, pull over to the side of the road safely and catch that sunset for a moment. Even if it means you're going to be a few minutes late to picking up your kids, your kids will be okay. You know, so it could be creating them. Um, it could be asking other people what their glimmers are throughout a day. And this can just kind of slightly change your mood, kind of give you a little hope. Um, it could be like planning to create a glimmer with your kid and lowering the expectations of what that might look like. So if you're like, hey, a glimmer we've always had is baking cookies and you're making them and you feel like sobbing in the corner, go sob, come back to making the cookies. Who cares if the kitchen's a mess? Like you're just creating like a small moment with them. And it's okay if like even the cookies don't even finish being it's okay. made. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> like yeah. lower that expectation on yourself and just look for those yeah. small moments. It might even be looking back in your phone of like, I suggest taking screenshots. It could be a text message someone sends you, mm, something that. that you found online, a photo, you know, take those videos um, and yeah. save it into a folder. And then you can go back on those particularly challenging days. Oh, I love that idea. That's that's special, especially if you have like girlfriends or people that support you and are sending you encouraging messages. Um, I think so much of this taking care of yourself physically and mentally too comes to the expectation setting, 
right? Because you're like, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm, maybe you're like, are somebody that usually goes to the gym five days a week and now you can't do that, right? And so you're feeling bad. So can you just talk a little bit about like how you can, you know, manage those expectations and how that will affect your, your mental and physical mindset? Yeah. So this is a season of life you are in. It is not going to be the season forever. So redefine that, redefine of what feels good. You know, if you're like someone who, I mean, I used to do CrossFit and train like heavy weights, the season of life I'm in, you know, yes, do I, do I kind of miss the gym? Sure. But the season of life I'm in, it's more about like taking nice walks and enjoying nature and connecting with my child. So redefining like what you need now, because pushing hard leads more to burnout and more exhaustion and frustration. So what really feels good for you? Dial that back, um, change those expectations. You can go back to that life later if you want. Maybe you never do. Maybe that doesn't fit who you are anymore. Your identity has shifted. So it's okay to say, hey, I'm taking a break from certain things. I'm going to do what truly feels good to me. Um, I think movement is important, but find a way that moves that feels good to you. You know, it could be just putting on your favorite song yeah. and dancing around your living room. That is exactly <laughs> what I did. I used to put the kids to bed and I used to play You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette and sing it really loudly in the living room. Yes. Yeah, especially after well, a divorce. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's that's really, really good advice. If somebody's going through a divorce right now, Abby, as a, as a burnout coach and therapist, what would be some wise words you could just like impart to them? It's okay. It's okay wherever you're at in this moment, today, you know, whoever you are in the past, like it's okay. Um, and give your permission, give yourself permission to be however you need to be right now. Um, if you need space, if you need more time, give yourself permission to take days off from work, give yourself permission to like not go to certain holiday events. If that doesn't feel good, you can change traditions. Like, I think the biggest thing is it's okay wherever you are today. It doesn't mean you're going to be there tomorrow or in the future. I love that. And can you just, before we let you go, talk really briefly about the way that you can, any ways you can support people, you, Abby, going through this. I know you have your free networking group, but also I, you know, your, your calendar reset, any way that you can support like kind of avoiding that burnout during divorce, working with people. Yeah. So the work that I do, I have the Ambitious Mamas Collective, which meets um, every other Thursday right now for an hour. It's just a space to come and connect for those self-driven moms out there who are who want to thrive or are thriving and just want to connect with other moms. Some of it could be for resources. Some of it's for support. Share your wins. Share your struggles. I do have a calendar assessment, which is a just 30 minute session with me where I look at a snapshot of your calendar and we talk about some things that we can tweak and how to make more space for you to have time to look for glimmers, to have time to just be and to take a breath. Um, and then there's the one-on-one calendar um reboot, which it digs a little bit deeper. And we look at one specific day and I give you all the strategies and techniques to really create your ideal day. And this is for any profession. I've worked with professions across the board. So if you're a teacher, if you're in the healthcare field, whatever field, um, I think there's definitely ways to create your ideal day. There's also one-on-one coaching with me, um, which we can work on burnout, work on post-divorce, post- identity changes. I was going to say um, that I think that the big piece yeah. here is identity shift. And I feel like you, right. you hold the space really beautifully for people who are in that middle of the shifting identity. And I think right. even, even like looking at your calendar through an identity shift is really, it's something that's so silly to say, but it's very emotional, right? To like adjust your calendar as you're shifting that identity. Right. Because you you know, and we all think like, oh, I know how to schedule myself, but are, we, you know, like we just say yes to everything sometimes, especially when we're in the middle of a transition. And that's the time where we need even more space. Um, even when you're like, wait, I really want to launch into something. We need to have some type of balance yeah. in there. And we are trying to figure out like, who, who am I now? And who do I want to be? Because part of that is 
you had a vision of what you thought life would be Mm, and either you're choosing to shift it or it's shifting because of other circumstances. Um, So you need that time and you need like a, a safe space to be able to talk through that and have someone that's not within your circle who sees you as they've always seen you. And you're like, but I don't want to be that person. Or maybe you've always been the rock for everyone. And you're Mm. like, I don't want to be that, that this is like working with me, you know, a therapist or a coach is a great space to say, I can just give it to someone else. And like, I can hold the space for them and you can just show up and be your, yourself, which sometimes is hard to do in your real life, but we teach you then how to kind of show up that way. Yeah. It's so funny. You said that I worked with a friend, actually, she's one of our experts um, during my divorce. And I remember on the first session, she literally said, hand over, hand Mm -hmm. over this trauma to me. I'm going to hold it for you so you can heal. And it was like, what a mind blowing moment, right? To have somebody there to support you through that. Um, And I will say too, like going through a divorce, I think I love this idea of the calendar too, because I know when you're going through a divorce and you're talking to lawyers or you have to craft an email to your ex-husband, that can take the entire day out of you. Like, right. So you really need the support to say like your calendar right now might be that like, yeah, on Monday, you literally are going to email your lawyer and you might be burnt out from that for the next six hours and that's okay. So Mm -hmm. I love that you support people in all of these identity shifts. I think that's amazing. Yeah, because you need that space, like the time before and after to, you know, ground yourself and then like celebrate the fact that you did that that. and you also need to process it. And, you know, there's probably some people, some of the listeners out there who are like, but I don't want to give you my stuff and make that like heavy for you. Um, I'm like one of those people when I first started working with a therapist, I was like, I feel bad. Like, I don't want to dump all my stuff, but that's like what we're trained to do that's the yeah. space so don't feel bad like give it all to us like we want it we want to hold it for you so you don't yeah. have to carry all of that weight around so you can breathe I love that I love that so if anybody's listening and they would love the support you can go to fresh starts and find Abby and Abby we adore you thank you so much for this wise wise wisdom today oh thank you for having me I just I hope everyone just finds some space and patience with themselves I think that's the biggest piece to to move forward Hey, I'm Janice Holland. I'm a licensed professional counselor supervisor and a certified trauma model therapist. I help people recover from any kind of traumatic experience, mostly childhood trauma. Um, And one of my favorite things to do is travel and train other therapists on how to recognize trauma in other people and effectively treat those who have experienced trauma. So I spent a lot of time doing that. Amazing. Okay, Janice, we have a question for you. Somebody wrote in and said, hi there. I'm going through a divorce and I'm so anxious all of the time. What are some ways that I can ease anxiety during this divorce process? So what do you say, Janice? Oh, I can so relate to this. I remember when I was going through a divorce, um, I felt very similar ways and a lot of clients that I'm working with as well. Um, I think it's because as women, you know, we are used to kind of holding it all together and we are used to ensuring all the ducks in a row with the kids and with the jobs and the house and going through a divorce, like all of that is suddenly completely unraveled. And also it's very likely that you've been holding a difficult or unhealthy situation together for a really long time. Most of us hold out for a really long time in really hard circumstances because we just don't consider divorce an option or it's a last option. And so it's likely that you are completely spent and burnt out on top of now having to navigate um, a whole new landscape. So my biggest piece of advice is to take a deep breath and begin to allow yourself to focus on what is right in front of you right now. Um, I promise it will all unfold. It will all play out and you will find your way again. You will find how you're going to make money and sustain yourself. You will find how you are going to live as a single parent or just a single woman. You will find all the things that you, we tend to ruminate about and worry about and are anxious about. And again, like I said, we're just so used to navigating 
um, the here and now based on the future. Whereas now your challenge is to let go of the future and focus on the here and now. And it's a complete flip, I understand. But actually, there's a lot of freedom once you allow yourself to make that flip and just take some deep breaths, focus on what's happening today, navigating today and letting tomorrow take care of itself. Um, it really is just such a powerful experience. And once you train your brain how to do this, it's done. Like this is a life changing thing, gift that you can give yourself that you will get to use the rest of your life. Yeah. I love that advice. I remember when I was going through it, I was working with a therapist and she was like, just one minute a day, just take for yourself mm -hmm. quiet, right? One minute a day. Um, yeah. What are some like more like tangible and easily accessible ways that like maybe a, a newly single mom could just within her crazy busy day, take a second to, I don't know, just like ease a little bit of that anxiety. Yeah, no, that's, it's, um, you know, all of us have different budgets. It doesn't require money. Obviously if you have money to go get a massage or get a pedicure, go to the spa, absolutely do it. Drop the kids off with a grandparent or somebody and go, but not everybody has that option and doesn't have the finances, especially as, um, you know, our financial landscape changes initially when we're going through a divorce. Um, so that doesn't require those things. I mean, for me, it's, you know, take a walk, just go on a walk. And, um, sometimes I needed to listen to a podcast and sometimes I needed to just hear the silence, um, or the, well, the wind blowing through the trees, you know, listen to your body and decide what you need. Um, make a cup of coffee for yourself and make it special, like put whipped cream in mm -hmm. it or just do something fancy, you know, that's just, yeah. just taking care yeah. of yourself, loving on yourself. Um, like I said, I, I vacillate back and forth between wanting like to listen to podcasts and do some self-help and read the books. And then sometimes I just need to watch some, watch some trashy TV or totally. sit in silence and stare at the wall, you know, like give yep, yourself permission yep. to just indulge in ways that you probably haven't let yourself in a long time because you've been trying to hold everything together for so long. I think I did all of those things during my divorce. I yeah. walking walking was huge. Like I walked almost every single day. I think walking saved me truly. And I mm -hmm. agree. I sometimes it was like you need to distract yourself with with smartless and good podcasts and sometimes you need, you know, your favorite music and sometimes you just need to feel the wind. I remember just wanting the sun on my face. Like I just need to feel mm -hmm. something. And then I actually have an Instagram post I did about a, a cup of hot cocoa I made for myself <laughs> that I added whipped oh, cream really? to and I was like look how indulgent I'm being I'm putting whipped cream on this so I I very much understand that and I think those are the little shifts right that we can start to take yeah. that will help ease some of those and also it's not just the anxiety but it's the self-worth right that we're building back up right yeah yeah, yeah, I, I mean, love we all just that. Take such a blow when it's when we're going through divorce, and like I said, it's likely you've been navigating some really hard times for a long time, just trying to hold your life together and keep things moving forward. So now, letting yourself take those deep breaths and just, um, yeah, indulge. And you know, another thing is, I had some girlfriends who really wanted to love on me and take care of me and take me out. And it was really hard to receive initially. I just was not used to receiving from people. I was used yeah. to, um, you know, I felt like I owed them. I don't know. I just wasn't super comfortable. But once I let myself receive what they had to offer, man, it was so helpful. Some of them had been through divorce before. Some of them hadn't, but it didn't really matter. They just rallied around me and wanted to love on me. And once I let myself just receive those gifts, that they, gifts of time, gifts of buying a drink, gifts of what I, you know, just in, in loving on me, um, really, really helped me get through that and shake off some of the shame that I was hiding behind and that I wanted to isolate behind. Um, it, it, when I let myself connect to them, then I could let go of those thoughts and feelings. And before we let you go, is it okay also if somebody just needs to float for a while and like not feel all the feelings like maybe they, they can process sure. at a later point, point. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a trauma therapist, one of my biggest um, pieces when I start working with a client is like, how is your life right now? Like we have to be in a pretty physically, like if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like a really 
physically safe, stable place where you have a predictable income, you can provide the basic needs for yourself and your children. Um, so if things are feeling really unstable and rocky, it is absolutely okay to kind of just do what you need to do to get through this moment. If there are moments where you can tap into some grief and cry, absolutely go ahead and do that. Um, but self-care at this phase, depending on what phase you're at, but if you're like right at, in the midst of complete turmoil and you don't know how anything's going to land or where you're going to live and all of that, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely okay to lock that up. <laughs> you can get to it at another time where you're feeling a little more stable and secure and safe. Just with the knowledge of knowing, okay, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to that. But right now, self-care yeah. looks like just checking out and, and surviving right now. I love all of that. Thank you so much, Janice. That was really helpful and really concrete information that I think can be applied to any life transition and any big, brave moment, mm -hmm. whether you are changing jobs or going through a divorce or, you know, grieving over something. Um, all of those are very helpful. So thank you for sharing. Hi, I'm Robin. I'm a mind-body connection consultant and coach, and basically I help people understand that through nervous system regulation, you're actually ascending and learning how to sustain the fullest expression of who you are. Okay, Robin, we have a question for you today. This is something we get asked a lot. How can you ease stress during the divorce process, which is pretty much built on stress. So what can we do? How can we de-stress a little bit during this process? Excellent question. And I love how you used or this caller used the word ease stress, because I think ease is a really important and valuable word and emotion to focus on. I think when you're going through a divorce or any kind of separation, the moment that you're changing the lifestyle, like the moment that you're actually doing the decision is really the, you're beginning to, like the world is seeing the wake of something you already knew going on inside of you, which is that you needed something different. You and your partner at this point in, in your journey together needed to move apart. So it's going to take time to rebuild your foundation. And so if you can look at that from a place of ease and, and have perspective, right? Take the bird's eye view or the penthouse view of, okay, this is hard, but this was a decision that like my, that I needed to make to make my life better again so that I can better myself and build a, a more solid foundation. So it's temporary and, you know, how I take care of myself and how I remember that I'm kind of a, in a, it's time to enjoy the journey and not focus on the destination mode of life. I think there's a lot of opportunity to experience ease, even in the moments that are so triggering, right? And if it's triggering you, it's still inside of you, right? So there's always this stuff to work through you. But deep down, you, you did make a decision kind of at the soul meets body level to have a shift in your life that, and shifting is hard, right? There is stress, but stress is the perspective I take around stress when I work with clients is that it's really the emotional response you have to the stressor, to what's going on in your life. So if you can be empowered and come from an embodied place or perspective when you are choosing how you're handling your emotions during the moments of healing through the triggers and working through the rebuild, then I think you'll, you'll kind of, um, it'll be able to, you'll be able to soften the blow or at least kind of be in the dance of the 80, 20 rule of right. Having days where you're like, Oh, this is a, this is a day where I dipped down to like 0% charge in my battery. But I, you know, took this, I, I, I meditated or I went to yoga or I called a friend or I sat down and ate a meal right? and I, and I got my charge back up and I was conscious of that. And so then there's like expansion and ease in the recognition of like, okay, my habits and choices going forward, if I'm present and conscious of them, then I can move with more grace, with more ease and, and kind of see the wisdom in all of what's happening. And I think if it's okay to say, I read a report recently, which was such an interesting um, it was so interesting. Okay, so there were about five or six data points on a graph, and it showed the data with each point. And they were life, big life moments that people go through. And 
and it was around like happiness. So one of the things was divorce and the other four or five were maybe considered happy moments already, like childbirth, marriage, whatever. And what was interesting about this data is that every example except for divorce had a kind of climb toward happiness at the moment that it happened and then a dip. But with divorce, the graph trended toward a dip down and then a rebound that had happiness trending higher than all of that. the other <laughs> I love that. And, and I just thought like in a snapshot moment of like, well, and it's not specific to divorce so much as it's like we go through pivotal shifts in life that are opportunities to expand and evolve or not. So we can choose it or not. We have free will. But for the most part in divorce, I think particularly if you have children, you are forced, 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 forced to challenge yourself, to do things differently than you did before, to work through your emotions, to like um, witness yourself, but also practice and model resilience in like really hard but expansive ways that like over time and after two years, five years, 10 years, you really are a different person potentially, you know, in a completely different career, which, you know, the career and and the new relationship thing usually go hand in hand, right? You're kind of so grounded, so embodied and established in who you are now. And then you've got the match partner wise. So you've got like the next phase of your life, of your journey with another person. That's more of a match to the elevated new version of yourself. And so then you can sustain that. And so, you know, thinking about easing stress in the minute to minute, you know, that practice of like, it's, it's kind of zooming in and out, right? That practice of like, this is temporary, but I can control my emotional responses to what is going on by the choices and the habits I have. I think within that, there's a lot of work to do around not bypassing your emotions. So I, I kind of just want to say that too, because you have to experience them to transmute and alchemize and, and move them through you so that you're not so triggered and the sooner you do that with the right people or, you know, finding your tribe or or practicing, you know, how you handle self-care or the choices you make in that, the sooner you'll be moving along with more sustained ease. And so stress will take on a different role. I love that. I love that. So could you give us some just like really quick examples of if you are listening to this and you are like a single mom going through a divorce, the days are crazy. You know what it's like? Um, What are some like really, like I'm talking simple, simple, simple things you can do to just take that second and reground yourself and start like building that practice like you're talking about of like that sustainable ease in your life? Yeah. Great question. And I say this from a lot of experience as well. Um, I think prioritizing sleep is like super, super important. So that's like one example, like everybody needs to go to sleep early and sleep well. So I feel like you're talking directly to me, but yes. Uh (laughs) Thank you, Robin. Yes. Hormone health, circadian health, it like kind of diminishes like the stress level or the stressor level within the household. Um, But I think also like, I think food, it was a trigger for me around like wanting to feel joyous around mealtimes, but you know, there's behavior flare ups and the kids and then like crankiness and nobody likes the dinner. And for me, like for such a long time, I was like, I have such a trigger around dinner. (laughs) So how do I do dinner differently? We all need to eat, but um, no, like I, like there's a trigger here. So, um, you know, for a while, whatever you can do without losing your value system, you know, I did, and I'm going to just expose myself here I just let my son eat in front of television and ate by myself at the table and I had peace and like an opportunity to be in a parasympathetic state right Uh, parasympathetic state so I could really rest and digest as the and assimilate the nutrition of the meal that I was eating and not feel like mealtime was like a sympathetic dominance trigger yeah. for the nervous yeah. system. So, you know, yeah. I did that. And then he was happy with his TV time and food time. And then he was more um, easygoing about like finishing the food I made or understanding that this is the dinner we have. We're not going to, you're, you know, this is what it is. <laughs> and, you know, you've got to like eat as much as you can. And this is the situation. But so he had a, it was a win for him while he was being nourished. And it was a win for me while I was being nourished. And it's, you know, it still bristles me in terms of like, oh, family dinners and like that time around the table. And it's like, but you know what? We needed to do it that yeah. way to yeah. get through the hard time. And I think like, having forgiveness and and like remembering again that everything is temporary and that you really want all like 
it's mealtime. There can't be stigmas around food, you know, like everybody yeah. needs to eat and be nourished. And, um, and it's, and then you circle back, <laughs> you just yeah. circle back to the table and it works, you know, that was, so that was one real example that I would give prioritizing sleep, prioritizing sleep, making mealtime, like nourishing yep. and um, peaceful, having ease. And and by meal. the way, I did the same thing. I just want to add, we did the same thing. And I think, uh, now that I'm talking to you, I wonder if there's a piece of this for single moms, especially that you, you, your, your family, quote unquote, just changed structure and you're trying to re re calculate that. Right. And so for me too, I, and my kids were little also, and I, I was like, let's sit around the table and eat. And like, nobody wanted to be there. Right. And so I think that there's a part of that that's like trying to like reclaim your family for yourself and that's just not going to happen in that moment. And I remember like literally sitting there at the table waiting for my divorce lawyer to call. I wasn't eating. They're fighting. And I did something, which again, now that I'm talking to you, I'm realizing it all played together. I had a very hard time eating right in those moments because I was so stressed. So what I was doing was binging at 12 o'clock at night. Then I wasn't sleeping well. So I really love, I really love this kind of like... Uh, deconstruction of what we know to be like, this is meal time, or this is maybe it's relaxing at home time, right? Mommy needs to go to her room and it's okay for the kids to play on their iPad and watch TV or whatever. Because when you're going through these kind of traumatic events, you need to do anything you can to like find that quiet time. Otherwise it all falls apart. <laughs> yeah. I think my third example along the lines of what you're saying is like kind of the 80-20 rule. Like if you could get your days, because that's enough, right? 80% of like neutrality or ease is enough. And if you're noticing that your days are like 30-70 or like 20-80 in the other direction, what I mean is like there's energy drain, everyone's exhausted, the negativity is palpable, the stress is beyond in terms of like you can't even see a glimmer <laughs> you're, yeah, you're yeah. Glimmers. and I think with children in particular in the household energetically it's like they're reading you and they're more sensitive to that so if you're just like frustrated and sighing and crying or you know you have to create new habits and choices that sustain the neutrality that sustain a sense of joy wonder and peace and comfort in the household like there has to be peace in the household and then you start to cycle back and so I, I remember asking myself like feeling like you know okay this is the same table and we had a family dinner construct and now it's hard for you know my son and I and I get it and um and I had to say well I really value you know time together and I don't want to lose that and if we don't do it that way for mealtime like how could I bring in yeah. the time that I value in another way. And so we started doing like, so after dinner, there's no more TV. We still do it this way with the TV. Um, and we never did iPads. I'm, I'm pretty like low tech. I, I, I kind of keep it simple, but, um, and we used to color and we used to build and we used yep. to have this yoga ball that we sit on and we do like really, um, tactile things we'll hum we'll sing we do like vagal toning we train the core I have a foam roller and we like mm -hmm. balance on it we would like time each other to see who could like do it longer um and and just like co-regulation stuff like mm. making sure that we were just making eye contact having time laughing together so it's almost yeah. like stopped and it was like and, and I yeah. embedded homework into that too so that I tried to create homework as like a <laughs> still working on it like a fun yeah time. me too Robin oh, me too. yeah <laughs> um and then we had our like couch reading time right and and wonder time so I feel like that was such a great thing to build in because now for like almost two hours every night we still have that time. So, so I, I feel like, okay, in terms of like building quality time where we can spend time together and feel ease and be in this like clunky transition phase of life, but it yeah. is our life and everything is temporary. I don't want to rush through it. And that yep. would be, I guess, the next thing I would say is that realizing that it's like, it is a temporary phase, but back to the, like, now you're in the, it's about the journey, not the destination phase. It's going to be a very memorable time in both of our lives. And I think that it's really important to make it valuable and memorable in that way of, of that, like, 
you know, he, he's watching me rebound and become resilient and grow a business and, yeah, you know, create a new version of myself that he didn't know however many years ago. And he's yeah. kind of having to do that as he's coming through the years and, and looking at life now that he's a little older. So uh, enjoying it too and not feeling like if I was here, then everything would be okay. Yeah, and yeah. Recognizing the tricks of belief systems that we used to live yeah. in and believe yeah. Yeah, there's those tricks, those those deeply constructed roots, right, in our culture about family and motherhood. And, you know, I don't want to say, too, like, for us, um, we did a lot of that. You know, we did a lot of reading at night together. We went through book series and a lot of watching movies. But I, I love what you said, this co-regulation of looking your children in the eye and just laughing together. And I think if anybody's listening, for us, it was we would go to the playground every weekend. And I would play, right? I, you get on the swings and it's good for you, right? It's good for you. Like I would get on the swings. I put my phone away, you know, and it became this great habit that we every Saturday morning we would go to the playground, even in the dead of winter. And it was just so important for all of us to kind of get those wiggles out together and to be a team. So I, I love that, you know, so much of this ease is co-regulating, yeah. you know, yeah. as a family. Yep. And, and being willing to to just do that with them because like you said, it is really important for you as well. And I think play and joy, you know, bringing that online, you can't, you know, and then you're, and you're feeling appreciation and you're feeling in the moment, you just can't be feeling yeah. the drudgery. <laughs> so you're really, again, yeah. in that 80, 20 perspective, you need to kind of bring up the charge yep. as often and as much as you can. And those are little things that heal and help and, and rewire from a neuroplasticity yeah. point of view too everybody in yeah. as they're going forward. So being willing to be spontaneous and model that and do that as a way to shift energy, but also bring you into playful and neutrality and joy is, is so valuable. And we do that too. And I mean, sometimes in January we bundle up and we get the car and like, let's go to the beach. And then we try to like yeah. run down the water and like, we just kind of yeah. keep it simple and fun. And I always feel, and it's, you know, lessening, but sometimes he will um, be the initiator of that. It's like pitch black. <laughs> it's like on a five thirty on a Wednesday. Yeah, like yep. let's go play tennis outside. I'm like, let's go, and we yeah. go. <laughs> and, it, and it could be, you know, we did a lot of drawing together and crafts, yeah. and just, yeah. you know, and I also want to remind people, like, it's not like we're talking about hours and hours and hours of time, right? These are chunks of time that you're spending with your kids, that you're spending on yourself, that you you build up that sustainability, like you said, like your children. I, don't they don't need you to sit in front of their face for three hours a time, right? We're talking about smaller chunks of time that, you know, not every day, especially during the divorce process, is going to be, you know, beautiful from start to finish. But to find those glimmers of joy and those de-stressors within that time, and yeah. then those start becoming sustainable. And I think there's two tracks here for for the adults, right? There's the the building community or sustaining community within the family structure, and that's kind of what we're talking about. But I think then there's also the like you your own self care and self worth and easing the stress around like who am I as a person? Who will I be without this identity? You know, how will I handle the confusion around you know whatever the new family dynamic or explaining things without being triggered? Like I think that piece around you know, the self-care and the easing stress around that is, is really important. Like to have, you know, call the friend who's two years ahead of you, call the friend who's, yeah. out, who's five years out, yeah. you know, so that you can be the friend for somebody who's on the yeah. verge of, or just having it. And you kind of start to see the cycles and you yeah. recognize like, it's important because you're receiving the help and the care, and then you're going to be able to give it back. And so you're part of a cycle. And, you know, we yeah. all go through things, whether it's divorce or not, where we, we, we have to climb a mountain and we have to get to the other side. And yep. part of like, you just have to do it. Yep. <laughs> and that's, yep. that's what it is. And if you don't take it so personally, yep. it's just everybody has their mountain to climb. That's it. And this is it. So, so you can't feel so crushed by it. But I'm, but I'm gonna like just also say, in the spirit of being honest, honest yeah. here, I've been on my knees. You know, it has it me has too. taught me how to alchemize pain and emotion that I never ever dealt with and never knew how to deal with. And feeling so uncomfortable um, was horrible. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But again, we all have these mountains. And then now sort of feeling like, Oh, my gosh, I did it. I know what it means. I know what alchemy is. I know what transmutation is like, I, I understand it. And so I feel like I can bring that layer 
to my clients in a way that really supports their understanding of like where they are in their healing and ascension work and what it means like sort of emotionally and physiologically, right? Neurologically from a uh, neuroscience perspective too, but also just from our emotions, but also from a quantum healing perspective of like there, you have an energetic responsibility to, to be the best version of yourself because there's only one you. Yep. So do it because we need you and we don't know what you is if you don't know what it is either. (laughs) So that brings me my last question for you. If somebody's listening to this and they're like, I have no idea how to get started. I know that you work virtually. You you do. do. Yeah. So um, if somebody's listening and they're like, I'm going through this, I am also a single mom or whatever, um, they can get in touch with you and you can help them start working on that toolbox together. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I have a letter I send to people who are perspectives. I've just kind of wrote it out in like a four page document, not to go, you know, like, this is what it is. This is what we do. This is yeah. how we will work together. These are some physiological and health outcomes. <laughs> Cause a lot of times too, sidebar, you know, what brought me to this work was a disease that I got and I chose to heal it on my own. And I did. And so that's what helped me really understand that like, stress is an emotional response and that, you know, the nervous system is like divine and understanding that and how to really recognize where your sympathetic dominance is getting the best of you and to practice new habits and choices that rewiring it's actually, once you get the hang of it, it's like learning how to sew and you really Mm -hmm. are like, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And I just feel like, um, people find through this work that like some health symptoms that they might, they went to yeah. the doctor for are just not there anymore. So there's a physiological, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot that can be rewired and um, in our work together. So yeah, be happy to help. Amazing. Thank you so much, Robin. No problem. Thank you, Olivia. Happy to be here. As always, we want to remind our listeners that while we strive to provide accurate and helpful information, we are not medical doctors or mental health professionals. We want to remind you all that the information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for professional advice. We highly recommend consulting a qualified healthcare or mental health professional for any concerns or questions you may have. Remember, we are a podcast, but we are not licensed medical professionals. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any medical decisions. And as a gentle reminder, all opinions are our guests and do not necessarily reflect our own. Thank you for listening to today's story. We're always here and we're so proud of you. A Fresh Story is produced by Fresh Starts Registry, the first and only platform for everything you need to begin again. You can read the show notes and learn more about today's episode at afreshstory.com.